This is Liz on the Skills Pod, and I am talking to one of our student engagement advisors today, Natasha. Hello, say hello, Natasha. <laughs> hello, Liz. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself and about your role. So I am currently doing a master's in education at the university and as you've already said I am working as a student engagement assistant with the study skills team. My role in the department has been trying to investigate student perceptions of the service so I've been working in a team with other student engagement assistants having a little look through surveys and focus groups about what students think of the service. Brilliant. It sounds really interesting. I've known you for quite a few years. I've known you since you were an undergrad. So what we're going to talk about today in the skills pod is that that step between undergrad and postgrad and um, some of the things that people might not have thought of, some of the things that maybe you didn't realise until you started the course. So we're just going to have a chat through it and see what we can do to help other people and and just see where we're up to and what skills you've found since you stepped up to postgrad. Grab a cup of tea and we'll get going. Why did you, you say you're doing education now and I happen to know that your undergrad was business. Yeah. How did you come to decide to change disciplines? Was it an easy decision? Did you have a lot of things to weigh up? Well, during my undergraduate degree, as you said, I was actually doing business and events management. So it's quite different to what I'm doing now, which is um, primary teacher work. And I guess the decision came when I did my work-based learning module in my second year. So a lot of the students listening, they might have experienced this already. But as part of your undergraduate degree, um, everyone gets to do a work-based learning module. And for my module, I actually went to do a events um, placement with the National Trust in South Wales. But while I was there, the opportunity came up for me to work with the Outdoor Learning Centre and they had a lot of different school trips on residential experiences. And I just got so involved with the children. And I think that was the turning point for me where I found that I really wanted to work with children in the future. And then from there, I looked to pursue uh, further study to do my PGC. I think that probably happens quite a lot that people start studying an undergrad and then they find by the end of it actually it's this one particular bit I'm interested in and I might jump and study something else at postgrad. Uh, we see quite a lot of students in study skills who have maybe got a lot of work experience and they, they've come to education after maybe a 20 or 30 year gap or it might be students that did something in a completely different discipline recently or even a few years ago and then they're coming back to study something else and it, it can be a bit um, scary at first can't it because yeah. you know what you think you're doing but it's going to be different yeah definitely I'd say that you know especially when you're doing one subject and it's very different to maybe something that you're going to go into so for me it was I was doing business management and I was very um, aware after doing my um, undergraduate degree of everything that was required of me during this course and then when you move to you know further education and this is in a subject that you've actually not got any professional experience in it is quite difficult to make the jump so I can see other students students might be daunted about making the same move. 
Mm. You've got to be patient with yourself, though. It's something you're interested in, isn't it? And that's the thing about studying at, at the master's level. It's, it really is a case of something that you want to pursue in a bit more depth and you want to really investigate something you're interested in. Definitely. That, that I'd say, was what the case is for me because I'd already done my PGCE in um, primary teaching and I really wanted to develop my knowledge further and continue my education and that's why I went for the Masters in Education at the university. Was there anything that you didn't expect was going to be different to study in postgrad you know did you expect it to be the same sort of time constraint as undergrad yeah I think one of the biggest things when you move from undergraduate to postgraduate is sort of the change in your assignment results so in my undergraduate I was uh, getting 70s I was first in mainly all my assignments in undergraduate but when I moved to postgraduate I was finding that a lot of my assignment results were lower than what I was used to and that reflects the the jump in the work that you have to do um, but when I first started to get results back it was it was a bit of a shock it was unexpected because you're sort of used to performing at a certain level and getting certain results but when you do make the move initially you might not find that your results to uh, what you're used to but if you do keep working at it and you know you talk to your lecturers and access study skills and different things resources that the university have you will find that your results do start to improve but that was something I didn't expect I think I thought my results were going to stay the same that I was used to. That's it isn't it? it more is expected in order to get the same marks because of the level that you're studying and I think it's also true that way an assessment's put together and the way you you write an assignment it might be something different from the experience you've had before you might have, have written in a particular style before or you might have been used to exams you know had quite a few yeah. exams in order to assess and you don't tend to have assessments that are, are exams at master's level. So, you know, if you used to studying in a particular type of way and then you come in and you're getting just a couple of maybe three or four thousand word assignments mm -hmm. over one module and you're like, oh, yeah, that I I think I've I've been through that experience on my journey going from undergraduate to postgraduate study and in my undergraduate I did a lot of reports and exams because I was studying business and then in my postgraduate in my master's which was education focused I've been doing portfolios and as you said assignments that are maybe 5,000 words long and it is it is a it's a difference and it's learning the new styles that are required for the specific course and um, making sure that you're meeting the expectations of that course. Mm. I think there's um, a higher element of planning as well sometimes. I know myself when I did my master's I've got um, a master's in library and information management and I did it distance learning at an institute and I was working at a different institute full-time so I, I was having to juggle working full-time 
studying in the evenings and at the weekends. I'd got a family as well. It is a stress on your your time and a stress on your prioritising, working out what you've got time to do and what you need to do. I think it makes you more aware of maybe the skills, the actual study skills that are involved because you want to maximise the time you've got. Have you had any of those sorts of considerations? Definitely. I, I really felt what you were saying about planning and making sure, you know, you've got to have good time management, definitely. And making sure that you are meeting deadlines and you're doing everything you need to be doing at the right time, but also making sure you've got a good work life balance. You know, you have got different dedications, like you were saying, you've got family and, you know, um, we've all got different commitments that we do need to keep. And it is just making sure that you do plan your time and, you know, and at postgraduate level, I have found through feedback that you do need to be more critical maybe than you would do in your undergraduate work. Um, so that's something that I've definitely had to work on. And the university is amazing. It's got so many different resources that you can access to develop whatever skill you are looking to. So for me, it was being more critical in my writing for my assignments. And there's so much support on study skills. So I'd really advise any new students or current students to really utilise the resources that are available for that brilliant I think you're right as well it's easy to know that the resources are there and it's easy to be like oh I'll use those later but if something gets in the way and you maybe your planning goes awry or you're doing things at the last minute you don't necessarily employ everything that's available to you yeah and and study skills you know as you were saying before if you get feedback on something that's a little bit unexpected and you're thinking well why have I got that I'm not quite sure where I need to go or what I need to do we've got a whole load of developmental tools and we've got the one-to-one appointments and we've got the feed forward service so there's all sorts of different ways that we can support any skills gaps or any kind of um, support on looking at level seven and how critical they might want you to be how you analyze the information and and you examine where you think about something and where you are on it that academic voice coming through is quite a strong element at master's level isn't it it's thinking about Mm -hmm. the evidence and judging it and putting your perspective and your spin on what you find so that you're potentially pushing your depth and knowledge and understanding of the subject a bit further and deeper yeah i definitely agree with that having your own academic voice and you really do have to push that through in a critical manner at master's level and that's what i found i've had to do specifically with my work especially with the assignments i've had to do with education so you do really need to develop that academic voice Mm. and it's not an easy thing to do either I know we see plenty of undergraduates who have a go at it, but if you maybe haven't written a lot of assignments or you've not had to look at the layout in the way that it gets done in the UK as a piece of academic work, you're not maybe thinking about what they want. And, you know, we're not mind readers. The lecturers give you the assignment brief they go through the information they give you the lectures but at the end of the day when you're sitting there trying to come up with an assignment plan and then trying to put the plan into action and work out if you've done enough reading and what you're going to maybe 
think about something it takes time to think about it doesn't it yeah it definitely doesn't uh, you know it must be very hard you know for students that are coming in and maybe they've not experienced the way that it, it, you know it's formulated in UK universities and I would just encourage students to really reach out to the resources and services that are available because it, it will really help with that that transition mm-hmm. and there's so many e-resources available now as well um, that you can spend quite a bit of time doing research and you never actually leave your computer you know sometimes to talk into study skills advisors as well as cohorts your own cohorts and the the people that are your lecturers and your department supports and your pats we're all here to help you to get through your degree with the best results you can and coming out feeling that you know you've really changed you've developed you Mm. have got a mastery of the subject that you're examining Mm. I would definitely just agree with what you've said there Liz about you know there's so many services at the university and they are all there to help you from my first year in my undergraduate at the university I've been so supported by all these different departments and it really has helped me develop so many academic skills and my ability to complete assignments and do well so it is something and I'd really recommend and that's a good point as well sometimes we run out of time to finish or we're not quite sure how to finish if you have problems along the way with the planning if the plan is not going to your plan then you can run out of time and you end up rushing things at the last minute I know you and I've known you for a few (laughs) years now you are so good at planning you're meticulous at planning aren't you (laughs) and that's such an important (laughs) skill yeah tell us how you do it and why you do it (laughs) well um I do think it's something I've developed over time really staying really organized and making sure that you're aware of all the things you need to do I'm a big advocate of to-do lists so I do have ongoing to-do lists of things I need to crack on with and then it's it's really good at to be able to prioritise tasks that you have to do. So things that are the most urgent, you know, being able to identify what those tasks are and getting them completed and then and then moving on. But I do just think having, you know, good time management and being organised will just really help you stick to a plan as well. Mm. Being able to identify the different tasks, the different component parts, mm. rather than seeing it as, the entire module or the entire assignment gives you a sense of satisfaction when you've done something off your to-do list you've not put write the essay and then it's completely insurmountable and it works against you yeah I think actually you taught me this and it is about it's about breaking down a big task into smaller more manageable tasks so say if you do have an assignment and it's something you're really stressed about rather than putting assignment on your to-do list it might be that you put reading for the assignment and then referencing for the assignment break it down into smaller more manageable tasks and you will feel so much better when you can tick all these smaller tasks off and you'll feel like you're accomplishing things a little bit more and it's a good motivator as well. Mm. Mm. Did you find that the language that's used in academic writing was something that you had to learn about 
uh, learn how to do yourself? Was it a skill that came easy or has it been something that in the early days you maybe wanted a bit of support for? Because it it is strange the way we phrase things and, you know, we don't tend to use the first person in a lot of writing and we tend yeah. to imply this suggests or this illustrates. We're not yeah. definite about things. Yeah, that definitely. When I was in my undergraduate, especially the first term, I had no clue. And I don't think there's anything wrong in admitting that you've got no clue, especially if you've had no experience of doing these type of assignments and assessing briefs. And like you said, there's different language such as um, specify, critically evaluate, analyse, investigate. And when I first started, I had no clue what these things were. But I've always been quite a productive person and and proactive. So I I made it my mission to find out what these things meant so that I could complete the assignments. And a a lot of the support I did receive was from study skills and also my lecturers at the time. So it's okay to not be an expert straight away because I I wasn't an expert, but I've progressed to master's level. Uh, You know, I'm doing my master's now. So don't feel that you can't seek help for something that you don't understand um, because the language is really tricky. And something that I got taught by one of my lecturers was when you're doing academic reading and research for an assignment there's also going to be language in books and journals and different sources that you might not understand and it might be a case of you keep reading you do broad reading of different articles with authors and um, theorists and you find theorists and writers that you connect with and that the language works for you Um, And that's something that's really helped me because I really looked for theorists that used language that I was comfortable with and that was accessible to me. So if if at first you do find a source that you're not very confident with, you know, do give it a go. I'm not saying give up, but there might be other theories out there with language that's more accessible. So I, I just think to have a broad range of reading. That is so true that's one of the things that it's difficult to do at the moment when we're we're all online because you're not maybe in a physical library so you can't browse the shelves and see what books are near to something that's on a reading list maybe so it's trying to find ways with electronic books because they can be very tiring to read so I think it's being kind to yourself as well And when you put those chunks together, saying my attention span might not be able to take more than 15, 20, 30 minutes of reading one paper or reading one chapter in a book. Don't try and do it all at once. But that being active when you read and ask questions and interrogate. And if you don't understand it, see what else you can get into that might give you a bit of context, might give you some support. It's all ways to kind of open the door a little bit more so that you feel as though you're part of the conversation you don't feel as though it's beyond you and you're really worried about where to go next something I'd just add to that Liz it's reminded me of something from my undergraduate when I was working on an assignment I'm not sure when but I'd been in the library reading for hours and it wasn't a good strategy because you do need to take regular breaks and this is where I learned that and 
the following week or something like that, I went back and I, I really broke up my my strategy where I'd, I'd do a little bit of reading and then I'd come away and do a little bit of writing and then I'd go back and do a little bit more reading and then have a break. So I think it is, it's sort of chunking up your work and having a, a switching between the different things that you want to do. And another thing I found was when I had read something, I might shut the book and think, oh, well, what did I actually learn from that? You might not feel like instantly you've you've learned something that you can use in your assignment or something similar. But later on the next day, I woke up and was like, oh, this clicked in my mind. Sometimes you just need a little bit of time for your mind to process everything that you've been researching and reading. So don't worry if you spend a lot of time reading and something doesn't click straight away. It might be that your brain just needs a little bit of time to process it and make connections with other things you've read and with the assignment title. And then later on, things will click and that's like a eureka moment where things start to just connect for you. It's (laughs) true. It's true. Yeah. It's it's um quite good sometimes, you know, like if you are working while you're doing your studies, if you're maybe on a work placement, if you're teaching, you know, if you're a social worker, if you're working in your own business, whatever it might be, yeah. if you do do some sort of mundane task or if you, you're doing data processing or whatever mm-hmm. your brain's still going in the background and it might be thinking yeah. about something that you read last night or two days ago and yeah. suddenly you go back to it and it's like oh right right now I know this is what it means yeah. that's what totally, I think I totally agree I feel like with my master's that I'm doing at the minute in education I'm also doing supply work alongside it so I am still going in the schools and there's been cases where I've been learning things about complex behaviours and attachment theory and then when I am in the school things that may not have made complete sense or things that may not have clicked when you're in the setting and you're you're outside of the learning environment things almost start to connect because you're in a a real life situation and I think that's a really good experience as well because you're experiencing these things that you've read and learned about in lectures and seminars and then you're experiencing in real life so anyone that's on a you know a a, um, practice-based course uh, might experience that as well it's really good Mm. and I suppose it can work the other way as well if somebody had been working in the field for 15 or 20 years and then comes back and studies it, you can maybe see some of the theories behind the management decisions that were made or the way they might have a department set up that potentially hadn't occurred to you before. Business practice, you didn't realise that there was a theory behind it. Yeah, definitely. I think I I relate to that as well, because I came into my master's from doing a PGC, which if anyone doesn't know, it's teacher training. And after I did my teacher training, there were some things that I was like, oh, why was that decision made? Why was this strategy put into place? And because I have um, gone on to further education in my master's and I'm developing my own knowledge, those things are now actually making sense. So I think I really agree with you there, like maybe mature students or pitch students returning to higher education it, it, it's really good to have those moments where things just start to click mm. yeah I think we're all coming from different places and the beauty of the master's 
process and degree is that you see what you already know and you see where you want to go and the way the assignments are set up it's really about you exploring the interest that you've got already and being able to look at where you're going to go next and how you're going to use it in the future you know an undergraduate degree you might do because you've got an interest in a particular field Mm. people who tend to do masters have got specific things very often they want to do with it it's a little bit more with the career a career in mind or with a job they're already doing in mind so it's already got that focus and you've already got the reason for doing it yeah building on what's already there in your head what you're learning about what you're hearing about what you're thinking and that you're going to do something with it after uni it's it's going to be valid skills that you're going to put into practice yeah definitely I I would say that that applies to me because with my masters I've carried on my my own education um into education and it is just to develop myself my skills my knowledge um to be a strong teacher and I do have areas of interest that I have pursued through doing my master's so I'm very interested in complex issues and behaviours in children so I have had the opportunity to study and um, do work for that at the university so that when I do leave I'll be in a position to work with children with complex behavioural issues so it's been a brilliant experience for me. That's amazing. Natasha, it's been great speaking to you today. We've really gone into reasons for doing a master's, the the ways that people might have different experiences and the kind of knowledge and skills that everybody brings to the course. Mm -hmm. It's been great talking to you. Thank you for coming on the skills pod. Oh, thank you for having me. I've really enjoyed it, Liz.